Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Let me pray for us. Father, we are thankful for the opportunity to study the truth of your word, Lord. We're thankful that when you have given us uh, this Bible, we're thankful that we live in a place we can read it freely and study it, Lord. And I pray we wouldn't take that for granted. I pray that we would understand the, the importance and the significance of what we're about to do. And I pray, Father, through the power of the Spirit, Lord, you would just speak clearly to us, Lord. Help us to understand the truth of your word. Help us to be challenged by that word, Lord. Help us to take the truth of that word and apply it to our lives. And I pray, Lord, that as we study through the text of Scripture today, Lord, that we would be transformed more into the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Well, I want to say to you this morning as I begin that the Holy Spirit is alive and well at Rosemont. Praise the Lord for that. We see that in so many different places, in so many different ways. I, I continue to be amazed at how he's at work in the hearts of our people. Yesterday was the Beth Moore simulcast here, and this sanctuary was filled with ladies. If you were a part of that, I know you had a, an amazing experience. My wife came home and reported all the people that were here and the great spirit that was here and the great teaching from Beth Moore. Last week, of course, we had our missions conference, and we still have our, our set up from our missions conference. I'm still amazed that we literally had missionaries from all over the world at Rosemont. You understand that, right? And several of them came simply because the Holy Spirit led them, not because we invited them, not because we wrote them a letter a year ago and asked them to come. They just literally showed up at our doorstep. So we had people here from Guatemala. Pastor Raphael was here with us all week. And let me just say, you heard him last week if you didn't hear him. He loves this church. He fell in love with this church this past week, with the ministries of this church, was amazed at all that we can do. He kept talking about all the work all the work that we do here and the people that are involved. And you have to understand that the church he's in in Guatemala, he has a set of deacons, but they don't do a whole lot. They're still trying to figure out what their role is and what their responsibilities are. And so they just kind of watch him do most of the work. So he was impressed by that. We had people from Guatemala. We had different missionaries from Africa, one from Uganda, one that's about to go to Tanzania. We had a missionary that's in a very difficult part of the Middle East. We couldn't even tell you where he's located we had a missionary who travels all over the world to some of the most dangerous parts of the world. We, we had people that came in from various different places for, for one reason, to remind us of the need to share Christ to the world. That's why they came. That's why they've given their lives. And so we had Dr. Martin preach last week. I thought he did a, a fantastic job. I had so many people come to me and say, man, he's really good. Well, imagine sitting under him for a semester of work. That was pretty amazing. Very, very challenging, but very, very exciting. I want to encourage you to continue to pray about mission work. Some of you over the course of the conference last week felt called to go for the first time. I've had several conversations with people and they say something like this. Adam, for the first time the Lord has called me to go. (laughs) I don't know what that means. I'm not sure where we're going to go yet. I'm not sure how we're going to pay for it. We're scared to death as an aside, but we feel like the Lord's called us to go. Others have been called to send. I had some great conversations with people last week and they said, you know what? I can't go, but the Lord has led me to give some money so that others can. I want to send people. And I want to encourage you and remind you, next week we're going to do our third annual missions offering Sunday. We've done two in the past couple years, one every year. 
And I'm going to encourage you to set aside some extra money next week to give towards missions. We've been able to do some pretty amazing things mission work-wise over the last couple of years. We built a lot of houses in Guatemala. We've ministered to orphans in Zambia. We've helped people in South Asia and are continuing to build that partnership. On and on the list goes medical supplies, school supplies. On and on the list goes of things we've been able to accomplish because of the money that the people of Rosemont have given. I want you to pray about that. I want you to pray about giving sacrificially. I've said this before and I say it to myself. I probably need to say it even more to myself than I say it. But oftentimes we get out, give out of our excess, right? Whatever is left over. I want to challenge you to give so the Lord can be glorified. To give so he can use us in mighty and powerful ways in ways that we can't even fully understand. So you be in prayer about that next week. If you hadn't picked up a mission magazine, get one there in the back. That's a list of all of our upcoming trips for 2015 and, and really a picture of all the Lord has done at this church over the last year and where he's taken us over the next year. And so we're continued, we continue to be excited about that and ask you to be in prayer for that. Now, take your Bibles, if you would, open to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We took a break last week from our study in the Holy Spirit, but we're going to delve back into that this morning. So I just want to catch you up and review a little bit. If you haven't been with us the last couple of weeks, we've been studying through the Holy Spirit in Scripture. Now, there are a lot of things we've learned about the Holy Spirit. There's some basic things we've learned about the Holy Spirit, some things that you'll be familiar with. One is that the Holy Spirit is fully God. We have this tendency, unfortunately, in the Baptist church especially, to talk about God the Father, and we're good with God the Father. We understand that. God the Son is Jesus, of course we understand Him and we're good with Him, but we kind of take the Holy Spirit sometimes and we set Him aside, don't we? We don't understand Him as much, we don't study Him as much, maybe we don't pray about His work as often as we should. And so we understand that the Holy Spirit is fully God. We said as followers of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit dwells within each of us. And because He dwells within us, He gives us life. And because He gives us life, He calls us to live differently and He guides us. And he comforts us, as the scripture tells us, and he, and he teaches us, and he convicts us, and he leads us. And when we talked a couple of weeks ago about sometimes when we don't feel like we can do the things he's called us to do, he gives us boldness in the midst of fear. He gives us strength. He causes us to step sometimes out of our comfort zone and accomplish incredible things for him. And so with that thought process in mind and with the study of the last few weeks behind us, we're going to turn our attention this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now 1 Corinthians 12 is one of these passages that's known for spiritual gifts. And so this morning we're going to think about how the Spirit gifts us for service. Now you need to understand something before we delve into this. This isn't a sermon series on spiritual gifts. And so I don't have time this morning to, to, to probably spend as much time as we need speaking about individual gifts. We're going to talk some about individual gifts when we get to that portion of the text. But I want you to understand this sermon is about the Spirit working in you, giving you gifts, and allowing you to serve in very specific areas. Every person that's a member of a church, every believer ought to understand their spiritual gift, and they ought to understand that they should use that gift in places of service. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to begin this morning in verse 4. I think we have this on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning in verse 4. There are different, there are different kinds of spirits, excuse me, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in men. Now let's stop there just for a second because there's some truths I want you to understand this morning. There's some foundational things we need to see from the text. And again, the, the point of what we do every Sunday morning, let me, just, let me just step aside for a second because I had a conversation last week that prompts me to tell you this. The point of what we do every Sunday morning is to understand the truth of the Word of God, right? What does the Word say? Not what does Adam wish it said. Not what does even Adam think it says, but what does it actually say? And that's why we delve in verse by verse and we try to understand the truth of the Word of God. The point is, let's learn the truth. Let's take that truth and let's apply it to our lives. That's what we're doing. So one of the truths we see here is point number one. I want to give it to you. we got it on the screen for you. The Lord blesses us all with different gifts. We are, praise the Lord, all different, aren't we? You're not like me. Praise, praise God for that. Amy would, would, would uh, second that. Praise the Lord. <laughs> we all have different areas of giftedness, don't we? We like to work in different areas. We like to serve in different areas. And so Paul, as he writes to the church in Corinth, gives us this kind of clear picture. Look again at verses 4, 5, and 6. He uses this word different three different times. Here's what he says in verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts. Verse 5, there are different kinds of service. Verse 6, there are different kinds of working, right? We act differently. We think differently. Some of us are gifted in the area of administration. We're good at that. Others of us, it drives us crazy to have to do administration, right? Some people are gifted in mercy. They just are merciful to others. Other people are not. Some people are gifted in the idea of teaching, in the area of teaching. Others are not. Paul says, the Lord has given all of us different gifts and different areas of service, and we work differently. So there's this idea of all being different, but there's another word that Paul uses three different times in verses 4, 5. It says, look with me again if you would. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit in verse 4. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord in verse 5. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one is the same God. So we're all different. We have different gifts and different areas of service, but the same Lord brings us together and uses us for his honor and for his glory. See, the Lord has a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for you, and his desire is to use us, although we're vastly different, to accomplish whatever purpose he wants to accomplish. Now, I grew up with a, a granddaddy that could do everything. Anybody else have a granddaddy like that? He could just do anything, right? He could fix things. He, my granddaddy was always working on something. He was either building something, or he was repairing something, or he was remodeling something. And my granddaddy could just, in my mind, as a little boy, could do anything, right? He was just amazing. And I would sit back and just watch my granddaddy with awe sometimes. And my granddaddy had this really cool workshop my granddaddy was old school, as many of yours probably was as well. My granddaddy built this workshop. It was, a, it was a basement under his house. But he waited until they finished the house before he dug by hand the basement that he wanted to use, right? So they built this house, and then granddaddy decided he wanted a workshop below. So he took his shovel, and he literally dug out steps, and he dug out about a 15 by 15 foot room. Still had dirt walls, the dirt floor under it. 
And he made it his workshop. And I can remember as a kid, I would, I would walk down those, those steps and he poured some concrete for the steps. But you get down to the bottom, there's all this dirt and it's kind of moldy feeling and cold, you know. And, but lining the walls were what it seemed like at the time, thousands of tools. He had different sorts of screwdrivers over here. And he's always very organized. It just, even now, it just gets on my nerves. He was just so organized with all his tools, right? I have a big toolbox and all my tools go into it when I need it, right? I'm digging through and I'm looking. He had all his tools. Stop looking at your husbands. I mean, stop looking at your husbands' wives. You're looking. I saw four or five wives go, see? See that? So he had all these tools laid out. He had the screwdrivers and, and the hammers and the saws and all sorts of different things. And, and I would go down to that workshop and it was just overwhelming to me. What does all this stuff do, granddaddy? And he would say, well, let me, let me show you what it does, right? And he would, take the, he would take the hammer and he would explain to me how the hammer would work. And he'd take this certain kind of saw, and he'd show me how the saw would work. And I'd begin to watch him build these different sorts of things and work on different projects. And he always knew exactly what tool to use to accomplish his task. Now, all the tools were different. They all had very specific purposes, but in the hands of the master, he could create a masterpiece. It's like that with us. We're all different. We have very different sets of gifts. We're like all those tools. But the Lord says, in my hands, if you'll just let me, I'll take what you're good at, and I'll take what he's good at, and I'll take what she's good at, and I'll use you, and I'll work with you. And even though you're gifted in totally different areas, under my supervision and under my leadership, says the Lord, I will mold and shape you, and we will create something beautiful together. See, we're the hands and the feet of the Lord, right? And he desires to use us. And even though we're all vastly different, praise the Lord, even though we've got vastly different gifts, we all serve the same Lord, and he's got a purpose for us. Now, that's important because you begin to see the text here, and you you begin to understand that the Lord's got this plan. We're all different, but he's got one purpose. And you may ask the question, that's great, Adam, but what does he want to accomplish through me? What's my purpose in life? Well, let's take a look at the text. Move on, verse 7. Paul says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. There's this picture here, right? To every one of you, the manifestation or the work of the Spirit is given to you for the common good. Now, verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. Verse 9. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now here's the second truth. Not only do we all have different gifts, not only are we called to use those gifts in the spirit of the Lord, but verse, I mean, the, the second point we see from verses 7 through 11 is this. Our gifts are to be used for the glory of the Lord. Now I'm, I'm going to step on some toes, so go ahead and be prepared. Ready? He didn't give you gifts so you can show up at church Sunday morning and watch other people serve. That's not who he's called us to be. You know the old 80-20 rule? You've heard it before. It's it's true in business. It's true in certain parts of life. It's true in the church. And the 80-20 rule says something basically like this. 
20% of the people do 80% of the work, right? You've heard that. Well, the flip side of that must mean that about 80% of the people only do about 20% of the work. That means there are an awful lot of people in our church that aren't doing everything the Lord's called them to do. You say, Adam, it's not real kind of you to call me out like that. I'm not calling you out. It's clear in Scripture what the Lord's called you to do. Now, how you're gifted and what exactly he wants you to do is between you and the Lord. But the point is, you ought to be doing something. And I, I'm going to say something that a lot of pastors wouldn't say because it's it, it, kind of a fearful thing to, to, to set you free in ministry. But I'm going to say something to you. If you're not serving here at the church, you ought to be serving somewhere. You need to be doing something. Serve somebody at work. Use your gifts there. Serve somebody at a sporting event that your kid plays. Do, do, do something. Use your gifts for the glory of the Lord. Whether it's in the walls of this church or without, we're all called to do something. And when we use those gifts, we bring glory to the Lord. Now, there are all sorts of gifts listed all through the New Testament. And there are, there are a couple of pretty major passages that talk about the gifts of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 is one. Romans 12 is another. Those are kind of the two big ones. If you talk about the gifts of the Spirit, most people are going to go to one of those two places. You also find some in Ephesians 4. You also find some in 1 Peter 4. You also find some different areas in the New Testament where the, the, the idea of giftedness and serving the Lord is mentioned. But I want to spend a few minutes at the risk of this kind of sounding like a lecture talking specifically about some of these gifts that Paul mentions here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so what I've done is I've kind of listed out for you in order these gifts, and I'm going to say a couple of words about each one of these gifts. Now, some of you, before we get into this, I'm going to put them up on the screen for you. Before we get into this, I'm going to tell you, some of you already know these things. That's okay. If all the things I pull up you already know, then you pray for the person next to you that may not know them, okay? But I promise you one thing, in a congregation this size, there are plenty of people that have never considered their spiritual gifts They've never been challenged with the truth that they've been gifted in some way and called to do something. And as we walk through this list, i got a feeling some of you are going to read these things and go, you know what, that's me. That's, that's what I'm gifted in. That's how I'm wired. And I'm going to encourage you, if you realize at some point that you're gifted in one of these areas, I want you to write that down and you come talk to me. I'll help you find a place of service. So we've got a whole long list here. The, the first one in... Chapter 12 that Paul gives us is wisdom. Pull that up if you would, please. We're going to walk through these wisdom. Wisdom is the gift that discerns the work of the Holy Spirit in the body and applies his teaching and actions to the needs of the body. Right? There are people that are gifted with wisdom. They understand how to take the truth of the word and apply it to the body of Christ. How do I take the truth of the word of God and apply it to my life? How do I help other people take the truth of the word and apply it to my life? That's wisdom. If that's not you, then that's okay. It's not your spiritual gift. We're all different. The next one that Paul talks about is knowledge. Knowledge is the gift that manifests itself in teaching and training and discipleship. It's the God-given ability to learn, know, and explain the precious truths of the word of God, of God's word. Some people just have this ability of taking the truth of scripture and explaining it to other people. Don't raise your hands, but how many of you have ever had a conversation with somebody and they say something like this? I just don't understand the Word of God when I read it. You ever talk to somebody like that? My contention is always, well, you hadn't spent a whole lot of time studying and reading it because I believe it is understandable. But sometimes we need people to help us understand the truth of the Word of God. Peter and the Ethiopian eunuch, you remember the story? 
This Ethiopian is sitting there reading. He's reading out of the book of Isaiah, and he can't understand what he's reading. And he says, I need somebody to explain to me what I'm reading in Isaiah. And the Holy Spirit led Peter. You remember the story? Philip. Yes, in Acts. Thank you. Philip. To go and explain to him exactly what he was doing. Explain to him exactly. I think it was Isaiah 53. To explain to him exactly what he was reading. And, and to explain to him, you know, this is actually talking about the Savior. This is talking about Jesus. This is talking about Christ. We need people that can explain to us exactly what the Spirit is and exactly how the Spirit works and how we can take the Word of the Lord and use it for His honor and glory. The next one, faith. Faith trusts God to work beyond the human capacities of the people. Believers with this gift encourage others to trust in God in the face of apparently insurmountable odds, right? How many of you, I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many of you know people that are gifted in faith. They're just, they just have a, a level of faith that you don't have, don't they? They have this ability to trust the Lord. They have this ability to walk forward in things that sometimes are very difficult for us. Sometimes we don't understand what the Lord's doing. We don't understand how the Lord is at work. And we, we try to ask for faith and we just don't quite have the ability to, to gain it sometimes. But there are people that come along beside us. And they say, you know, we don't necessarily understand this. We don't necessarily understand what the Lord's doing. But the Lord is going to walk you through this. He's going to give you the strength and the faith to walk through and to understand exactly what he's doing. People are gifted with faith. The next one, healing. The miraculous and unexplained healing of someone suffering from some sickness, disease, or other physical condition. Now, we've talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks. We've talked about the idea that for some people this is controversial. Some people say, you know, I, I just don't know if healing still takes place. I don't know if people can still be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I just want to encourage you as we study through this text of Scripture to be open to what the Lord's doing. Now, we, we've heard stories in the past, and, and some of us have read books, and some of us have seen certain things in, in, in our lives that would lead us to believe that the Lord can and still does heal. Now, I think there are people that abuse that. I think there are people that want to use that for their own glory. But I think the Scripture is clear that the, if the Lord wants to heal somebody, He can heal them. Now, maybe the Lord's going to use you in healing. Maybe the Lord wants to work through you to do something miraculous and something we can't even understand. But it's one of the gifts that we see here in 1 Corinthians 12, prophecy. Prophecy, a lot of times we get prophecy confused with the Old Testament. We think it's about foretelling the future and the ability to know what's going to happen. Prophecy in the New Testament is the gift of proclaiming the Word of God boldly. This builds up the body and leads to conviction of sin. Prophecy manifests itself in preaching and teaching. It's the idea of understanding the truth of the Word of God and understanding that sin is sin, right? Some of you guys are gifted in prophecy and you just kind of understand black and white. We have this mindset in our world sometimes that we don't need to think about sin and we don't need to talk about sin. There are pastors that talk a lot about not bringing up sin to the congregation because it offends people. But the Word of Christ sometimes is offensive, isn't it? That's who the Lord is. And he says, if you're sinful, you need to repent of your sins. And there are people that have prophecy, they have that gift, they understand that very clearly, and they understand that there is right and wrong. Discernment is the next one. Discernment aids the body by recognizing the true intentions of those within or related to the body. Discernment tests the message and actions of others for the protection and the well-being of the body, right? It's this, this idea that, that I understand that there are those out there that would harm us. There are those out there that would lead us astray. There are those out there that would 
come into the church as a wolf in sheep's clothing. We need discernment, people that are going to protect the body, protect the well-being of the body. People that are going to say, you know, we need to be aware of the traps around us. We need to be aware of the traps in the world, how the world will mislead us, how the world will lie to us, how the world will move us away from the things of Christ. We need people with discernment. Tongues is the next one he speaks of. Tongues and interpretations of tongues, a prayer language given by the Spirit when ordinary words are not enough. This is one of those hot-button issues, isn't it? It's an issue that people debate and and discuss and talk about and argue with, and people fall on all different sides of this argument. Let me just be clear with you. It's in the Word of God, but it's also very often abused by people. And so I'm going to encourage you, if you feel led to do this, spend a lot of time in prayer about it. Spend a lot of time studying the Word because the Word's got an awful lot to say about it. But understand very clearly that if you're going to do this or you feel the Lord has led you at some point in your life to pray like this, it ought to be to glorify the Lord. It's never to glorify yourself. It's never so somebody thinks you're more spiritual. It's never so somebody thinks you've got it figured out. It's never so somebody looks and puts you upon a pedestal. It's always to bring glory to the Lord. Now, there's a whole long list, and Wanda, I'm not going to have time this morning, but go ahead and skip to the last two slides because I'm going to give you a resource. There, there are other ones that, we've, that I've listed that I was going to go through this one. I don't, I don't have time to do this, but I want to give you a couple of resources to kind of continue this thought process. The first one is on our website, rosemontchurch.org. If you go under the Ministries tab and click Spiritual Gifts, I've put a link there for you. That link will take you to a Lifeway site that's got all the lists of the gifts we just talked about and more. It's got a spiritual gifts inventory that you can work through and kind of understand maybe some of your gifts. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to think more about your gifts, how the Lord is using you, how the Lord has used you. And then we've got one other slide up for you. There's a couple of books here if you're interested in reading. Ken Hemphill's written a book, Discovering Using Your Spiritual Gifts. And then uh, Peter Wagner, Your Spiritual Gifts Can Help Your Church Grow. Both those authors are very well known. Very good books. It'll help you understand. Here's the point. I've said all that to say this. You need to be aware that you've been gifted. You need to be aware that you're good at certain things. You need to be aware that the Lord wants to use you to bring him honor and to bring him glory. And if you're not serving, if you're not using your gifts to do things for him, then you're missing the truth of what Paul's saying here. You're missing the truth of the New Testament. Now, we need to continue on this morning. Look at verse 12. So we've seen we're all gifted differently. We should use our gifts for the glory of the Lord to bring him honor. And now verse 12. Paul's going to talk about the idea of one body and how we're different parts of the body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Verse 13. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free... And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many, right? There's this sense here that we're all part. We have different roles, we have different callings, but we're part of the same body of Christ. Now, verse 15. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, 
Every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. We've seen that we're gifted differently. We've all been called to do something. We've seen that our gifts should be used for the glory of the Lord and the building up of his church. And then here's the third truth. When we glorify through the Lord through our gifts, we create unity and we build up the church. When we glorify the Lord through our gifts, we create unity and we build up the church. Now, I have this conversation with people on a pretty regular basis. There's, there's this tendency in our lives, if we're not careful, to buy into this lie that the Lord can't use us. Maybe you've talked with somebody like that. Maybe you've had that feeling yourself in the past. Maybe you're struggling with it now. We have this process sometimes we walk through with the Lord. Lord, I, I just don't know if I'm smart enough. I just don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I know enough scripture. I hear people tell me all the time, I have a hard time witnessing because I don't know enough scripture. That's what they say to me. So there's this, there's this lie that we buy into sometimes that the Lord can't use us. I want to tell you from the truth of the word of God, that's simply not true. The Lord says to us, we all have gifts. We've all been gifted in different ways. We all have different ways in which we can serve, in which we can be used by the Lord. The point is to, to recognize those gifts and to use those gifts to bring unity to the church and to build up the kingdom of the Lord. Now, I know it's fall and some of you guys are football fans and some of you may follow, follow college football, right? Yesterday was a terrible day for college football. We should have never had it. We should have skipped it that week. Mm, mm. But if you know anything about college football, football in general, there are two sides, right? There's an offense and a defense, and each side gets 11 guys on the field. And so because there are 11 positions, there are certain things that each player is responsible for doing. So there are guys that are really good on the offensive line, and so they're placed on the offensive line. There are guys that are really good at catching the ball. There are receivers. There are guys that are good at running the ball. There are running backs, and there's a quarterback. And then on the defensive side, there are defensive linemen, and there are linebackers, and there are guys that play in the secondary. And everybody's got a role and a responsibility. Now, can you imagine, as silly as this sounds, if we took an offensive lineman and made him quarterback, right? Bad things would happen. If we took a running back and made him a defensive lineman, bad things would happen. Why? Because these people are gifted in these areas. And because they're gifted in these areas, what do they do? They, they begin to practice in those areas. They begin to work harder in those areas. They begin to understand those areas. They begin to learn more about what that position means and how to play that position. And they're focused on that position and what that position means and how they get better at that position. It's kind of like that with our spiritual gifts. So many people oftentimes don't recognize their giftedness in certain areas that they serve in the wrong places. If you're serving in the wrong place and it's not your area of giftedness, bad things are going to happen. Now, I'm going to promise you one thing. If you're serving somewhere and you're working hard and you're showing up like you're supposed to and you're, you're, you're trying to learn more and you're trying to do better and you just hate what you're doing, chances are you're not serving in the right place. There are certain people that are gifted at teaching. They need to teach. There are certain people that are gifted working with children. They need to work with children. There are certain people that are gifted with mercy. They need to show mercy and love and, and, and maybe visit people when they're sick or when things are going on in their life. And they need prayer. There, there are different areas of giftedness. But if you're not serving where you're gifted, if you're not filling that role and that responsibility, then 
you're going to be miserable, and chances are you're not going to be as successful as you would if you would try to understand how the Lord's called you and where he's called you to work and who he's called you to be. But I just want to encourage you as we kind of wind this down this morning. I don't want you to bind to the lie that you can't be used. I don't want you to bind to the lie that there's not a place for you. I don't want you to be misinformed about your spiritual gifts because the Lord's called you to do something. He's called you to serve somewhere. He's called you to work somewhere. He's called you to do something for his honor and glory. We need to understand these gifts. We need to understand the calling that the Lord has placed on our lives. We need to figure out exactly who he's called us to be. And we need to serve in those areas. So here's the questions I want to leave with this morning. Are you allowing the Spirit to guide you? Are you allowing the Spirit to speak clearly to you? Are you seeking the Lord's guidance in your gifts and who he's called you to be and what he's called you to do? Because if you'll do that, I promise you, not only will the Lord use you, but he will be glorified and great things will happen for his honor and glory. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we thank you for our time together this morning. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word. We thank you for the truth of your word, Father. It's uh, compelling and, and challenging, Lord, and it's, um, it's convicting. I pray that we would all understand the importance of gifts. Lord, to understand clearly you've called us to do certain things, Lord. You've called us to be certain uh, places and to do certain work. And so, Father, I pray you would just give us the ability to understand those areas. Understand that calling, Father, then give us the strength and the wisdom and discernment to find places we can serve, to bring you honor and glory. And then, Lord, when we do that, I pray that it would cause unity. I pray it cause the church to be built up. And I pray, Lord, you do great things through us. Use us for your honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can stand. We're going to give you the chance for the next couple of minutes if you want to come and pray. Maybe you need to pray about your area of giftedness, what the Lord's called you to do. Maybe you've never considered where you should serve before or how he would have you to work. Maybe you should spend some time praying about that. Maybe you've been convicted of your sins and want to accept Christ as your Savior. Maybe you want to join the church, but this is your time now. You respond as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.